little bit of me talking at you. No participation today, guys. Um, good morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Jo, part of the team here at Chelmsford Vineyard. And I um, have the pleasure this morning of continuing our series on the Lord's Prayer. Um, but first, I'm going to start with a question. What is your prayer life like? Just spend a few seconds thinking about that. What words might you use to describe it? Does it have a particular rhythm? Do you grab a frantic moment at, at the part of the day when you're tearing your hair out and um, things feel like they're falling apart? Do you have a quiet time? What does that look like for you when I say, what is your prayer life like? So I've been a Christian now for 20-something years, and um, generally, I would say throughout that time, I have been a kind of like fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants type prayer. Um, it's been as I can grab it, whenever I can grab it, and there's been no rhythm to it, no um, kind of downtime, just I'm quite a busy person, so I just kind of grab them when I can. But over the last few years, I've been really trying hard to intentionally make some more space for God, uh, to kind of diary in some quiet time and to sit and listen. It's not possible all the time, um, but when I do, God never disappoints now, I think partly the reason I can find time now is because I have a bit more time. So my, my children are at university, uh, my house is clean and tidy, my fridge is full, I am living the dream. Um, when they were growing up, I, I didn't have time at all. It was frantic. Even though they woke us up at the crack of dawn, I still didn't manage to do anything meaningful. Um, they got a bit older, and they got into sports, and so I just drove around everywhere at all times. Um, honestly, barely was in church for about, I don't even know how many years, a lot of years. Thank goodness for small groups, because I couldn't make it to church on a Sunday. Um, and it was, it was busy, it was full, and God probably wasn't there as much as he should have been, or I didn't make that time for him. Um, I, I do that kind of, ah, God, prayer. Um, but actually, as a parent, for those of you who aren't parents yet, you'll get this one day if you do become parents. But I, I just imagine him now, when I did that, like, frantic, oh, my goodness, God, like, I need your help. He'd be going, oh, it's about time, Joe. Like, you know, and I... I don't think that was in a negative way. I think that is in like a, the pleasure of a father, that when I, when I turn to him, when I need him, he's always there. He's encouraging me. He's keeping me going. But when I acknowledge him, that makes him happy. So whatever your prayer life looks like, this, there's no judgment here. Um, no one has it sorted. But I just feel like God is so happy this morning that you're just making an effort, just doing the best you can. And so whatever that looks like, you keep with it. Keep going. Earlier this year, um, I think it might have been Libby or Pip, somebody in the church, recommended that I watch The Chosen. 
Um, if you haven't seen it, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, you need to kind of watch it with a bit of an open mind because it kind of dramatizes some of the stories from the Gospels around the life of Jesus and his disciples and it puts some kind of uh, fictional meat on the bone as to kind of what the life of the disciples might have looked like. You know, that daily grind, the ins and outs of um, just, just life. Um, there's no spoilers, don't worry guys. So if you haven't seen it, there's an app. You can download it on an app. You'll love it, I'm sure. But when I was watching it, there was one thing that really impacted me. Um, and in the um, program, at the start of every day, the disciples get up and they kind of like say this little prayer and you can't really hear what they're saying. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what are they doing? Like, what are they praying? Um, so I asked Google, who helped me, thankfully. Um, and the prayer they're saying is this. At the start of every day, I gratefully thank you, O living and eternal King, for you have returned my soul within me with compassion. Abundant is your faithfulness. So this prayer is called the Modar Ani, I don't know how you say it, blessing, and it's from a Jewish prayer book. And it basically means, I thank you. And when I was watching it, I was so impacted by that. Every day, at the start of the day, they get up and they pray this prayer. Thank you. And I have a dog, so when I walk, I reflect and I, walk, I do a lot of dog walking. Um, and it really struck me that um, I, I never use the Lord's Prayer in my daily prayers. Um, it was, it was weird anyway. It was just a moment. It was before Libby asked me to do this talk, but I'd never prayed the Lord's Prayer as part of my prayers on my own. It, I'd always done it in church. Um, so I grew up in Church of England um, church. We were very, quite high church. We had bells in communion. Don't know if any of you had bells in communion. I used to say it was to wake people up. <laughs> um, but I think it just shows it's an important part of the service. Um, and... The Lord's Prayer is in part of the communion in liturgy. Um, I was in the church choir, and oh, that's not me. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had a picture of me in the church choir. But you can get the idea. I was in like a little blue robe with a frilly collar, and um, I actually had one of these, I don't even know what they're called, like a medal. It's probably not called a medal, but I'd obviously passed something. So it was very exciting. Um, Anyway, so the, in the Church of England, the Lord's Prayer is included in the communion liturgy. And if you heard Lydia speak last week, um, you, you might not have. So if you haven't, go back and have a listen. You can find it on Spotify or SoundCloud. It's definitely worth a listen. But Lydia was saying, because she introduced this series last week, the Lord's Prayer, and she was saying when she was in church, there was this um, thing with her and her friends that... Um, who, who could say it without looking? Like, who could, who could say the prayer without looking at the words? Um, and I have to say, Paul, Lydia's not here this morning, but Lydia, when you listen to this, I could recite the whole communion liturgy without looking. <laughs> that is how long I'd been in church and how many times it had been repeated. Um, and, but actually, by doing that, I just said it. In fact, I didn't always just say it. Sometimes, to liven it up a bit, I said it backwards. 
and I'm not sure if that's heresy. I'm hoping it's not and that God will forgive me, but I, it, it didn't hold any awe or wonder or anything. It was just, just do it, just do it. Um, it was great that we had got communion today as well because um, nowadays I reflect on it a bit more than, than I used to, shall we say. I was young. So the Lord's Prayer in my own prayer life I don't know about you guys, you might be like more holy than me, a little bit ahead of the game, um, but it was a complete revelation that I might actually use the prayer that Jesus told us to use to uh, pray. What a revelation. So I made a commitment a few months ago to start my day, every day, reciting the Lord's Prayer. For those of you who don't know me, I am a bit of a chatterbox, so in my prayer life generally it's quite busy not very good at keeping quiet. I, I have lots of asks, lots of thank yous, lots of, God, perhaps if you did it my way, this might work better. Um, but now I start my day with the Lord's Prayer. And some days I have nothing else to say. You know, God already knows our prayers before we say them, doesn't he? So some days I just repeat the Lord's Prayer And I I say it over my life, the lives of those I love, the church, the world. I don't don't actually need to say any more, because it says it all. So just a quick kind of recap on what Lydia said last week. So she was looking at the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. She reminded us how important it is to approach God as a loving father but also that as we pray, hallowed be your name, we remind ourselves of God's holiness. And we can trust him, we fear him, we obey him, and we glorify him as we do that. So today we're going to focus on verse 10 of the Lord's Prayer. So I'm just going to read the whole thing through. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I just want you to spend a moment meditating on verse 10. So maybe... If you're brave enough, close your eyes. I'm not going to do anything to you. Um, Just close your eyes and still your mind. And I'm just going to repeat that verse. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, as we come here this morning, we all come with different stuff. But this verse, this verse puts all of our stuff in its place. God's kingdom, God's will. So let's have a think about what is the kingdom of God? We're saying your kingdom come. 
Um, Libby did a talk back in June, on the 11th to be precise, if you would, would like to find it, um, where she spoke to us about the kingdom of God. So I'm not going to repeat that um, all to you today. I'm going to do a quick, like, this is what she said type thing. Definitely listen, though, if you have time. I mean, if you listened and you've forgotten what she said, that's, don't tell Libby. <laughs> So the crux of it is, the kingdom of God is the thread that runs throughout the tapestry of life and throughout the Bible. There are hallmarks of the kingdom of God, things that make it distinctive. And God's heart is that these hallmarks of the kingdom are lived out in the everyday. The kingdom of God is the dynamic rule and reign of God. Earth as God intended. In heaven, God's will is complete. It is perfect. There is no more pain, there's no more sorrow, there's no sin, there's no sickness. But this is not our current reality. We live in a world where the kingdom of God is not here in full. And when sin entered the world, it put the world out of order with what God intended. Jesus was God's answer to this. God would establish his kingdom once again on earth as it is in heaven, through Jesus. Jesus bought in the kingdom by way of self-sacrifice. Jesus talked about the kingdom and demonstrated the kingdom. So if we want to know more about what the kingdom looks like, we just have to read the Gospels. Jesus brought the reality of the kingdom into our brokenness. Jesus embodies God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. If you hang around long enough in the vineyard, you'll hear us talk about the now and the not yet of the kingdom. And this is the tension that we live in. The kingdom is here, it came with Jesus when he was born, but it's not in full. Jesus ushered in God's kingdom onto earth, but we don't see it in its fullness, and we won't see it in its fullness until Jesus comes again. but we do see glimpses of it. And verse 10 also talks about God's will. So what is this? Um, I'm not making any judgments about anybody, but were any of you, if you're brave enough to put your hand up, labelled as being strong-willed as a child? (laughs) Ah, we have a few. We have a few strong-willed children. So this is normally a derogatory thing, isn't it? Or a a frustrated thing. Um, But actually... A strong-willed child knows exactly what they want, and they will do whatever they can to get it. Obviously, God's will is perfect, so a strong-willed child, a strong-willed child will. I don't know. Anyway, it won't get us into trouble when we look at God's will. So the Bible reveals God's will to us, and right back in Genesis one, God created man, and He told them what He wanted. It says this. In verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. You know, part of God's will is our responsibility for our earth. Um, I was in Yorkshire, in the Yorkshire Dales last week, and it is, they call it God's own country, don't they? It's 
it's vast. You know, when you drive across the tops, and we were in the clouds, and it was raining, guys. Let me tell you that. You had a much better week. But I looked out at the vastness of it, and I was just awestruck. I was like, this is so bizarre that we're just like this planet hanging in space, and it, there's life. And it was really overwhelming, and God created that. And he created us to be responsible for that. I don't know what that looks like for you. Some things feel a bit big, don't they? But if we all do our part, that's God's will. God's will is for us to look after his earth. We also see in Exodus 20 that God gives his people the Ten Commandments, kind of a a road sign of how to live. I haven't written all these up there because it was a really long Bible verse. But you shall have no other God before me. You shall make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Keep the Sabbath holy. Honour your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. And you shall not covet. I mean, that's a really um, high bar in some places and a kind of an obvious in other, isn't it? I think, you know, yeah, shall not murder. I've got that great. Um, shall not cover. Oh, that, that one pinches me a little bit because I do it. I know I do it. Um, yeah, how do, how do we be grateful for other people's blessings and their successes and um, whatever they have and not feel, oh, well, I wish I had that. It's a real challenge, but that's God's will for how his people will live. And, of course, Jesus reveals God's will to us. He told us through his words, um, the, the stories he told to the disciples, the people he spoke to, and he showed us. Jesus' actions are God's will in action. Feeding the hungry, clothing the poor, performing miracles, doing away with pain and sorrow and Um, ill health, getting alongside the people who are maybe on the fringes of society, that is God's will. And when asked what was the most important thing, Jesus replied this in Matthew 22, 27 27 to 29, that's a typo. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So everything else hangs on this. Love is at the heart of God's kingdom. My question to you today is how are you loving Maybe you feel like you're loving really well. Maybe you feel like you're not. But when we pray, do we honestly ask God, what is your will? As I said to you earlier, I'm a a great chatter. Um, I honestly have so many times known what God's will should be. (laughs) You know, joke aside. But I do, and, I've, and I, I don't know if you do too. But then sometimes 
it is probably in line with God's will. You know, I want to see somebody healed. I want to see a broken heart healed. I want to see um, people set free from addiction and, and pain and poor health. Um, but sometimes I feel like my prayer requests are maybe a little bit too much of Joe's will, not quite enough of God's. So if you're praying and you're trying to seek God's will, you know, you can go back to these, um, these passages in the Bible, the instructions that God gave to man in Genesis, the Ten Commandments given to his people, and then to obviously look to Jesus, what he said and how he lived. God's will is that we live kingdom lives. Jesus embodies all that this is. So when seeking God's will, look to him. I'm just going to quickly run through four things that I think we do when we pray the Lord's Prayer. And in particular, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first thing we do, we declare it. When we follow Jesus, this is a declaration of our belief and trust in God. We announce that God is in charge. As I said earlier, I find it really helpful to start my day with it. Whatever lies ahead, your kingdom come, your will be done. I pray it when I'm at the end of myself. I pray it when things are going well. Sometimes you pray the same prayer again and again, don't you? And you feel like God's not listening. In that moment, this is perfect. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not what I want. Not what I think you should do. Accepting that my solutions to prayers may not be in line with God's is something that I have to accept. And there are loads of stuff you know, that go on in families, relationships, friendships, money, whatever it looks like, that we think, oh, if only, if only, if only. Should we be just saying, your kingdom come, your will be done? What would that look like? So the second thing we do when we pray this prayer is we submit to it. Not my will, but yours. We can play a part in bringing God's kingdom here on earth, but we can't pick and choose which bits we want to do. We have to be all in. Even Jesus had to almost remind himself, not my will but yours, when he was knowing that his death was near. He prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Like, God's will is not always easy. It's a, it's a minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day stance, a position that we put ourselves in. Your will be done. So while, will we do that? Are we all in? Is God's will more important than our will? The third thing we do when we pray the Lord's Prayer is that we seek it. It's like the ultimate treasure hunt. 
We look for God's kingdom. We see what he's doing and we get alongside him. We seek his will, asking God what he wants for our lives. We include God in our decisions. We seek counsel from others who we trust. We look to the Bible. We pray. We push doors. We respect closed doors. We seek out what God is doing. And we can accept his invitation to partner with him. We've already heard about Grow Baby this morning. This might be be volunteering at Grow Baby. It might be making a food bank donation, joining a team on a Sunday. It might be drawing alongside a friend who just needs um, a kind ear to listen to them. God is at work all around us, and he invites us to join him. So we seek him out, follow his lead. And I think the final thing we do when we pray the Lord's Prayer, when particularly these verses, is we usher it in. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We invite the Holy Spirit to come. We do it every, every Sunday, don't we? Come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings God's kingdom into our situations. We can see God's kingdom breaking through bringing healing, peace, kindness, transformation, provision, understanding. That's, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. Your kingdom come. And we want to see it. And we want to see more of it, don't we? God works out all things to his purpose. We don't understand the why or the how. But when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we partner with God in doing this. And that's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to seek that for each other as a church, individually, whatever you come with this morning, whatever is on your heart, um, Are you brave enough to pray that prayer this morning? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And it might be uncomfortable for us. And it might be scary for us. But if we follow in Jesus and we've, uh, you know, we trust God our Father, we can pray this prayer together. So, guys, stand up. Let's pray.